Hi, and welcome to our podcast on conscious, creative leadership. The space where we get curious about leadership in the 21st century. I am Nadine Benjamin. And I'm Darren Abrahams. We see ourselves as conscious, creative leaders in an evolving world. And in 2021, we took some time to share our thoughts with you from a lockdown perspective. In this episode, Commitment. Hey, Darren. Hey, Nadine. Oh my God, we're on our final episode. Oh, wow. (laughs) Here we are, episode eight. Yes, and episode eight is all about commitment. Commitment to the journey, the commitment to the process. That can show up in many forms. It can show up through accountability. It can show up through therapy. It can show up through being with a coach. It can show up through mentorship. But it can show up just the commitment that you're going to make to yourself here on now and with some of the qualities that we've been talking about over the last, you know, previous seven episodes, that maybe there is something that really shines out at you that you would love to take forward. So, yeah, Darren, commitment. Yeah, I think commitment really looks back at what we were talking about in the end of the last session on purpose is the idea of evolution. Uh, is that if we're not committed to the continuation of the journey, we won't be allowing our evolution to keep going as well. Mm. Um, and because we change and because the circumstances of the world around us changes, you talked about last week, that we were different at the beginning of the pandemic to the way that we are now, everything changes. The only constant is change. So we have to be committed to keep moving forward with our journey. Yeah, I love that you you know, it, it brings me to what's been happening with me during the pandemic, um, which is my health, you know, um, because of the state of the hospitals and stuff. And um, and I, I had these benign tumours that are in my body and um, and we couldn't we didn't think it was safe to operate because of the pandemic. So I t- took a chemo journey and it's, you know, it's not one that everybody would agree with, but it was what the doctor thought was best for me at the time. And um, so that I could have end up having a minor operation if I wanted to, rather than having this massive, great <laughs> recovery journey that would be maybe quite horrendous for me, you know. But um, I think what's come up for me is that in terms of that commitment to being a conscious creative leader, looking after oneself is at the pinnacle of that. And so um, it isn't that I've let go of what's around me, but what I have done is I've changed the prioritization level. I've really stood in my health and, and really taken into account what next level of involvement do I need to work through or to take in order to clear this, what I can only call is some kind of congestion, Mm. you know? And I sometimes I feel that congestions or, you know, uh, things that make us a tiny bit stuck are sent to re-elevate us almost, or to send us into, because I feel like I've had so many transformations that now I feel like I'm in a form of transcendence, you know, and taking me to my next level of leadership. I, you know, and this commitment is also the commitment that our peers also reflect 
to us. And I would dearly, dearly, dearly love to thank you, Darren, for the journey that you took with me on this. It's been absolutely phenomenal. You stood by me, you walked alongside me, you held me, you fed me. And, um, you know, that level of leadership within yourself, that stability, that reliability, that safety, that, you know, you are just, you, you were just the essence of all of it. And I really celebrate and champion you as this conscious, creative leader that you actually are and that you show up as every single day of your life, regardless of how challenging or what the opportunities are. It's such, it's such, such, such a blessing to be taking this commitment journey because as we look at it, everything is a commitment, even for us to do episode one to eight was, yeah, yeah. was a commitment. And it's been a commitment that we've had to block time for to actually to actually make sure that it was done you know so and meetings to talk about things and then just to allow the organicness of what happens to trust our own commitment to the processes by just allowing the conversation to organically happen so yeah I think I've said enough there but um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, I want to add something to that as well because you know within this health challenge what I saw in you in terms of your leadership, your self-leadership, is that you didn't just accept what the, the medical practitioners were saying to you. You stayed very, very authentic to yourself because you knew that there were other things going on that the different medical practitioners were not picking up on. And you know, we recognize that it's a time of great stress for the NHS, but also that the paradigm of healing in the in the world at the moment is really compartmentalized mm. and actually a lot of health issues are not compartmentalized they are integrated they are holistic there are many different things that affect other things that so we have to look at ourselves as a whole um a whole organism and you stuck by that from, mm. from the very beginning kept showing up kept asking questions and you didn't just take a single medical route, as well as having this chemo route, you've also taken energetic care of yourself. You've taken nutritional care of yourself. You've had body work. You've seen different kinds of practitioners. You've really stayed authentic to your own journey of healing um, so that this chemo piece could work because it was also supported by all the other stuff. Um, so I think you know that's, that's a really key part of what we're talking here about commitment the commitment to self, not just to accept what's mm. going on around and to keep staying true to your own knowing. We, I, I, I do see it over and over again, is that we have our power taken away by structures and systems around us that not through malice most of the time, but because they're stuck within particular ways of thinking and particular systems. So you have to be strong. You have to be courageous mm. to, to keep showing up in that way. And to keep keep committing to that journey. So I wanted to reflect that back to you uh, about your conscious creative leadership, which has shown up within your health situation mm. as in exactly the same way as it shows up in your singing work, in your mentoring work, in your production company, Everybody Can, mm. in all of those different places, it shows up in the same way. Mm. Thank you, Darren. Thank you so much. Thank you. And um yeah, it kind of leads 
us on into this piece around accountability. I used to believe that accountability was like this weakness that you had. Ah, <laughs> yeah. You know, that if you if you needed like support on something, that it meant you were weak and stuff. But I think one of the biggest things that I've learned along my high performance journey is that this measure of like a accountability, this buddying up, really being authentic and um, vulnerable in front of peers to being transparent, yeah, you know, is a fundamental part of staying on track. Like it's fundamental because we then begin to see that we do need others to make our dreams, our visions, our purpose come alive. Yes. We're connected. We're interdependent. It's like that difference, isn't it? Like conscious creative leader versus a conscious creative manager. There is a difference. Yes, there is. There is a difference. And the leader, as we said in episode one, will be the one that has this vision. They won't necessarily implement all the vision, but they will hold that vision. That is their responsibility to not be moved to hold the vision for everybody so they know no matter what challenges happen, no matter what opportunities come in, that they hold steadfast to that. Whereas the manager will make sure it's absolutely implemented. But that's the the accountability piece. You know, even in that line is just so, 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 so important. And um, as once again, I've been very lucky to have that in yourself. I've been very lucky to have that with the CHPC community, my NLP community, my friendships from a long, 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 long time ago. I've I've got friendships that are 24, 25 years old, you know. And they, they show me this mirror so that I'm always in this commitment piece. And accountability can also be used to bust yourself as well, especially when you feel like you're coming off track. Don't hide. Yeah. Come forward. Let the people hold you and spring you into the space so you can be held accountable so you can stay in your conscious creative leadership. I love that. And I love what you said about the mirror because we can't always see ourselves you know, we're, we're, we're busy being ourselves. And when you're being yourself, it's it can be hard to see the gaps. Um, it can be hard to see the resistance. You know, there's, there's a function of our brain, which means that the more we do or say or think something, the more hardwired that becomes. And so therefore, we can get very stuck in our habitual thinking and our habitual behaviors because it's part of being human. A mirror, an external mirror, whether it's a friend or a coach or a mentor uh, or a therapist, is able to reflect back to you and say, did you hear what you just said? Did you notice what you just did? Yes. yes. And it's that piece of actually bringing into awareness that is so important. Mm -hmm. That's why I think you and I are so committed to being coaches um, Mm -hmm. and being mentors and supporting people through that journey. It's because from the outside you can often recognize a strength in someone that they don't necessarily see themselves. Yes. Uh, You can notice the inconsistencies that come up, which we Mm. all have. Mm. And in a trusting relationship like that, a trusting growth orientated relation like that relationship, Mm. um, you can reflect that back and then you can work out how to make that change. Um, 
So, and that that is a huge part of the commitment. You know, showing up regularly to have those sessions with your coach, with your friend, with your mastermind group, with your mentor, whoever it is, or whoever's it is, because it's not only one person, as you've said. There are many people that can support you like that in your life. Um, and sometimes it's a financial commitment. You know, I I have recognized in my life because I've I always want to give things away for free. Uh, and I and I, I want to support people. Um, but I also noticed that sometimes if there's no skin in the game with in terms of money mm-hmm. often because that's the way our energy moves in this society mm-hmm. people don't take that commitment seriously obviously not all the time and not all not but in every case you know i always make sure that i have two pro bono clients running always mm-hmm. uh so that i can support people who can't afford um my support my help mm-hmm. um but yeah it even if it's just 10 pounds people commit differently to that journey and that relationship absolutely Darren because that's why I started to charge for my mentoring because what happened initially was I was you know doing it for free because I love it you know we recognize that we love it and we are also leaders who are really really have valuable time that we kind of spread out among a various amount of things and then I realized like you said 10 pounds or 15 pounds getting that skin in the game as we were talking about earlier and before the session started but just really getting that skin in the game is really important to how somebody shows up to how somebody values not just what you do but that what they do and then now it's coming to the point where my mentorship has grown and, you know, the value has gone up even more, you know. However, like yourself, I also have two pro bono clients going alongside my work because we know that that's just as important as well in somebody. There will be one person who just cannot but, you know, when you see that person flower at the end, the value in that is just priceless. You could never yeah. put a price on it, you know. So it's really important actually to my integrity and I know to yours to stand for something like that as well, you know, and to recognise its value and, it, and its worth. And it's the same with my singing as well. And I, uh-huh. I, want, to, I want to say that the commitment to my singing was also showing up and doing free concerts and also doing free talks. And, you know, I had to commit like that at the beginning, you know, because actually I think when you love something that you have to know that you'd be willing to do it for nothing. Yeah. Whether it was paid for or not. So that was kind of like my training ground, you know, because I didn't go to a conservatoire or anything. So now I'm, I am paid very handsomely for what I do in terms of as a singer, because I now, now, you know, I know my value. I do the odd charity thing now again, because that's really important too, you know, but still there is still an element of charge in there because it had, there has to be an element of, of exchange. Artists, and and money are very intrinsically kind of integrated in the set that money used to be called talent and we call artists talented so there's this thing of you know if artists are money then give the fair exchange you know so that's that's really 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 important I just wanted to pick up on that actually because it's so interesting as an artist as artists is that often we're the last people to be paid 
I remember for there was a there was a whole thing during the 2012 London Olympics mm. where everybody was paid, but musicians were asked to show up. Not 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 in the big shows, for example, but, but around the Olympic site, and they were asked to show up for nothing because it would be good exposure. And you know, but you you wouldn't say that to an executive. You wouldn't say that to. And you wouldn't say that to a cleaner either. So, but that the artist is expected to show up because suddenly it gives you exposure. Exposure for what? Like it's your job. Mm. So it, there's there's a big thing for us as artists to be able to to stand in our own worth and and say no to those things. And yeah, part, of our, our part of our conscious gracious leadership as well, because actually it starts with us. Yeah. It's that self-led piece. You know, it's that role modeling piece. It's that walking our talk piece that actually we don't actually recognize our own value. How do we expect anybody else to? Yeah, I have, I've had a long journey with this myself. You know, I think I've shared with you in the past that I've mm. I've had a certain amount of shame, internal shame about not earning the kind of money that I know that I'm worth. And part of that, I think it was about learning the difference between money and income mm. and that you know this commitment piece is about actually developing an income it's mm. about developing a consistent way of uh of being valued the way our culture recognizes value for mm. the things that we do but the flip side of that as well you know i know you've mentioned it about your journey of doing free concerts mm is also there's a commitment to building something which means that for quite a long time you may not be paid mm -hmm. and you may actually be putting a lot of your money into it to get mm -hmm. going I mean Kate and I with the human hive for our first year we're still doing it now um we believe in it so strongly we believe in what we're doing so strongly is that we put everything into it um and you know to the point where we've had to sell properties to be able to continue or, you know, your home, uh, mm. you know, getting to the point where it's, it's, you know, the last few hundred pounds in your bank account or less than that, because every day it was important to show up and keep doing this work and to turn down other things to keep doing this work. But from the beginning, I have had a vision of making that a sustainable business mm -hmm. and sustainable means able to wash its face financially mm -hmm. um and because what we want to do in the human hive is empower other people to take similar journeys to us to like go out and create new projects and do amazing work in the world we want to be able to make em enough money through the human hive that we can create a funding pot for other people to pull down mm -hmm. uh, so that they don't have to sell their house mm -hmm. to, to to realize their dream they can get you know we can support them to get started so that is part of the vision of what we want to do but i think i would echo something that you said before that if it's really worth doing and it's part of your purpose part of your vision then it is worth putting your time and your own money into it because unless you're willing to do that why should anyone else absolutely and you know that that's happened to me for singing and you know that's yeah. happened to me for everybody can but everything went <laughs> yeah you know, and you and I have had a very similar journey around this kind of shame around, you know, earning and money. And, you know, we were both, we had both come up to that point. And it's actually, this is an income. 
and that how do we generate income now and actually when we started to look at it like that it became a whole different conversation as to how we showed up as well and so now I really understand the value of what that looks like and you know I'm responsible for that you know and I think society has also put into this space that oh if you're an artist you're going to be poor but it never highlights all the artists that do make loads and loads and loads and loads of money yeah and there are plenty and there's loads of them so why don't we just highlight those instead let's highlight let's put them up as role models let's look at how they do it you know let's not be afraid and believe these 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 old paradigms that are not real anymore because we as artists as I say we're walking into this new paradigm now where we are in charge of yeah. how to show up there's loads of you know new technology now and you know ai and all of this stuff digital world you know digital influences that we are now we we now have something to stand on yeah that we can sell our work show our work and um be yeah be seen be visible you know and to be able to place a value on that yes something else i want to say about commitment that's that's just occurred to me is also about taking risk yes yes. you know being you know being so committed to your purpose to your vision that you're willing to try new things and you're you're willing you know again if we're thinking about this on the monetary perspective you're willing to put your money where your mouth is I was really inspired a couple of years ago when I saw um thing at British singer Jessie J Mm -hmm. enter this huge singing competition in China and you know she already had this you know a a global career you know she was big in the UK big in America um recording artist a mentor on the voice you know things like that you know and I love her voice I think she's an absolutely incredible artist incredible yeah and then she entered this competition I thought well that's so interesting that you already have this this status Mm. but you're willing to put yourself up for into a competition in, in the same way as I guess people would apply to be on The Voice that, that aren't as well known. And so I watched a lot of the of what she was doing on YouTube. I just thought, you know, seeing an artist at the height of their power, you know, incredible control, incredible generosity in what she was doing. I mean, just extraordinary. And I really thought about it. I thought, wow, that was a really ballsy thing to do, mm-hmm. to do that. But what did she do? She won the competition for one mm-hmm. thing. And she gave herself like a billion strong new audience in China. But it was a risk. I would have thought that was that was a risk. I mean, I don't know her. I don't know what was going on in her head. This is all my assumption. But from the outside, that it looked like that to me, that there that that was potentially a risky thing. What if she'd lost that competition? Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, that that commitment to keep stepping up in your journey, even if on the outside it might look a bit strange mm. or it might even look like a backward step. Um, if you, if it feels like the continuation of your path and the evolution of your journey, then stay true to yourself. Stay true to that vision because it will pay off. Absolutely. You're talking about trusting your instincts, Darren. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Just really trusting that little gurgle in your tummy that says, hmm, this doesn't feel right. Or, hmm, I really, it would be great if I walked towards this, you know, and then not allowing all the naysayers to kind of take, I love Mel Robbins's five, four, three, two, one. (laughs) 
you've got this kind of like, you know, that she says that there's, you know, five seconds before you kind of talk yourself out of anything. But if you yeah. think of like a rocket going up into space, you know, and you do five, four, three, two, one, and you just go, you know, then actually you're bypassing that element of a brain in your brain that makes you just hold yourself back a bit. Yeah. So um, I can do that when I'm swimming. Like I go into a pool and it's really cold and I'm like, I'm not going to go in. I'm going to turn around there. But if I just go five, four, three, two, one, jump in. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, and it feels so great. But it's that element of risk. And again, we come back to this intrinsic and extrinsic because when when we allow the extrinsic or when we go to the extrinsic to validate our intrinsic world, you know, it does take us off our paths. Yes. Our commitment becomes commitment to other people rather than commitment to ourselves, you know, and it's really important that our committing to ourselves first really does mean that we're committing to others, yes. <laughs> you know, but if we look at it that we commit to others and then we commit to ourselves, then we are misaligned. Yeah. We're completely misaligned. How is, how am I supposed to hold space and be really, um, Uh, committed to the people I wish to serve if I don't really know what I'm doing and I'm going to jump out every two seconds because somebody said something different and oh now I think I should do this oh oh my goodness I should do the commitment is to hold the vision the con the creative conscious creative leader is hold the vision hold the purpose things are going to change but can you be the still one in the storm can you commit to that you know and commit to when you're knowing inside intrinsically that this is the next right move to do right now sometimes it's not going to feel right but you know it's the next right move right now yes and there's discernment in that yes again coming back to to this whole idea about self-development and knowing the self is that the 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 more you know yourself um, and the more you can sit inside your body and and be in connection with the feelings of your body because the feelings in your body is the way that your body and your unconscious speaks to you Mm. um you know we we are notorious for only, you know, working from a very small part of our brains, you know, that the conscious part of the brain is the thing that we listen to all the time. Mm. But actually, if we listen to our bodies more, our bodies will tell us what we really think and feel about situations. Mm. When we don't know our bodies very well, every little thing that comes up can feel like the same thing. So, you know, you get that little tightening in the tummy or a little bit of of, um, butterflies feeling and that can always be seen to be to be experienced as anxiety so therefore uh, a reason not to do something but if we can come closer and closer in we can recognize that that might not be anxiety that might be excitement and it's feeling the difference between you know the nuance between those different feelings sometimes they're quite close to each other but anxiety and excitement are actually two quite different things uh, the, chemi- the chemicals are definitely the same scientifically proven that the yeah. chemicals are very similar and that actually if you are somebody that is used to being in anxiety and you start to have this what we call positive growth yeah. you know that actually used when you those feelings come up you think oh it's just excitement yeah and you begin to make that exchange 
Yes. But it's that the, the affect is different, that like the emotional content or quality of it is different. It's yes. beginning to become aware of that. It's like, oh, okay, so th- this feeling in my body, uh, which is, you know, this is actually, this is a juicy feeling rather than this is something to be scared of. As you, write, as you say, those things are so close to each other. If we have trauma in our nervous systems, then pleasurable, exciting feelings can be as overwhelming as uh, dangerous, threatening feelings. Yes. And it's, yeah, the more we come back into contact with ourselves, the more we can discern and the more we can make those decisions. So yeah, that, that flame, that, that little spark you were talking about before that, that helps us stay true to ourselves and know what the next right step is. Mm. It's hard to do that unless we know what the feeling is first, if we can yes. recognize it. Yes, yes. Wow. So I suppose when we think about even our commitment as coaches, or even as yourself as a therapist as well I think it would be really important to just everybody know that we are also committed to showing up every week or every month in coaching in supervision like because we're coaches doesn't mean to say we have everything down pat what it means is that we are committed to to keep the energy of involvement alive and to keep the element of consciousness alive so the unconscious doesn't take over. And the only way that we can keep making the unconscious not take over is to stay conscious. And that has to be mirrored. And um, so I do do two coaching sessions a week um, for me. I do it so I don't have any transference um, with other people that I'm meeting or if there's anything that comes up in my coaching session with my clients that I can you know, just have a space to go, oh, that was interesting. Can we can we work through that? So I'm keeping myself safe and I'm keeping my clients safe. And Darren, I know you do exactly the same thing. Yeah. That you make sure that there's a space where you look after your clients by having supervision and making sure that um that you're holding the space in an integral way. Absolutely. And a big part of that also is continuous learning. It's yes. CPD. Uh mm-hmm. so you know, going on training courses and uh, listening to other people with different kinds of expertise and, and learning from them to be humble enough to, to stand in the space as a student yes. again, even if you are a leader. Um, we're constantly learning. We're constantly in the student space. I think it's a very big part of our commitment to evolution is to, yeah, it's, it's to be open to learning new things I learn from my clients all the time. Yes. And I'm mirrored by my clients. My clients mirror me all the time. Like a client will come in with a a particular thing that they're working on. It's like, oh, I'm working on that as well. That's interesting. (laughs) So yeah, so we can be live in the space together. You know, I I believe the kind of therapeutic work that I do, which which also invests my coaching, Mm. is a recognition that there are two nervous systems in a room in that Mm. space. It's Mm. not, there's no hierarchy there. It's not about me as the therapist or coach having all the answers or being better than my broken client. Mm -hmm. It's about actually recognizing the wholeness of the person that you're you're Mm -hmm. sitting across from, Mm -hmm. recognizing that stuff comes up for you too, and for it to be there in the space that, you know, my, my nervous system and your nervous system are interacting with each other. And it's a big part of that therapeutic journey to allow that to happen. So stay, stay in your humility. I think the commitment to the journey keeps you in a place of of humility and student um which is not the same as 
being less than? No, not at all. I think we have to remind ourselves and that it's okay not to know. Yeah. It's okay to say, I don't know. However, it's great to also say, ah, but I know someone I can ask. Yeah. And so this piece as well around asking for advice or asking for suggestions or asking for help is just as important in your journey to commitment because otherwise you are still shutting yourself off and not being in connection because there is no shame as I've said the whole way through this pandemic actually down there's no shame in asking in asking no whether it's advice whether it's support whether it's help whether it's facilitation whether you know whether it's a hug yeah (laughs) you know it's there's just no shame in asking and I think we were talking about last week around what it means to be in this thing of the law of attraction I suppose we didn't say that specifically but you know we attract the energies that we're giving off as well and it's so it's so important to if we're in conscious creative leadership that we let everybody know that we also ask and it allows them or gives them space to not even them but it allows others to have space to do the same you know um I get very conscious about this word them as well like yes. just simply from my um you know even my experience as a black woman you know I know that sometimes that's socially been juxtaposed in my own thinking you know so I I, I, I come to this point and the commitment to change my language of, um around that because I know it doesn't necessarily belong to me either so yeah. it's very interesting to um to just kind of highlight that and um yeah yeah and to yeah you'll notice that I just stopped myself because uh, when we're conscious we have to recognize where we have to be flexible enough to make changes yeah. um, and to not be afraid of making those changes because you know in that moment that it's not representing the person that you know you are can't think of a better way to wrap this session up this this episode up than what you just said so um I, I asked the question last time, so I'm going to turn it over to you. What is our question this week for our listeners? What are you willing to commit to today? On whatever level that level up needs to be for you, what are you willing to commit to today? Thank you so much for joining us on this amazing journey that we have taken with and alongside you from Nadine it is a joyous and loving goodbye and for myself Darren the same and just to remind you conscious creative leadership is around awareness is around evolution is around bringing people with you on a greater vision so we really commend you in your own journey towards and in conscious creative leadership and we look forward to meeting you on the path at some point very soon. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on this journey of conscious, creative leadership. If you'd like to know more, please check out the show notes for links and send us a message. If you would like to continue this journey with us, sign up for our coaching group for high-performing, conscious, creative leaders 
starting January 2023. We, we look, look forward, forward to working, working with you. you.